Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast from the First Christian Church in Great Bend, Kansas. We are a church with a mission of inspiring ordinary people to live extraordinary lives for Christ. It really doesn't matter who you are, what you have done, or how you choose to worship. You belong here. We pray that this week's sermon blesses you and that you feel God's presence through it today. So today we're in the fourth and final week of our sermon series called Overwhelmed, where what we're doing is examining a couple of overwhelming places in our lives to see what it is that God has to teach us about facing and then overcoming when life gets to be a bit too much. And so today, to get us into our topic, to kind of set the scene for for what we're going to be wrestling with today, let me walk you through my experience of information technology and the news. So, for some general reference, I was born way back in the year of our Lord, 1977. And what that puts into perspective regarding my experience is that as a youngster, we had a small 27-inch color television set that only got three channels. And as I recollect on those television channels three times a day for about 30 minutes to an hour, they showed the news or at noon, they get you caught up on all the major events that happened in the world the day before. Then at five, they would do a quick recap of the day, followed by all the things that have happened since about noon. Then at 10, again, they would do a quick recap, followed by what happened after five, which means during my early childhood, I basically had access to about three hours of news on any given day. Isn't that remarkable to think about? Then a revolution hit my house when I was around nine or 10 years old, because at that time, instead of just getting three channels, we now got 12 channels. Oh, and it was fantastic and amazing. And what made that even better is about the same time we got a VCR, which meant not only could we watch movies and record our favorite shows, if we could ever figure that stupid VCR out, But it also came with a remote control so that I could sit on my butt, clear back, and flip through all of those wonderful channels. Because before then, I was the remote control. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? My dad would say, get up and turn the channel, and that's what I had to do. But then we got a remote control, and there were all these wonderful channels. And what that meant for the news is it gave us a couple of more channels on a couple of more times during the day. But even with that growth, what you would find, regardless of what news you preferred, was the same basic major stories on all the networks being shared in a low emotion, logical kind of way. Then as I got into my preteens, it seemed like every single year cable was adding more and more stations, getting to the point that during high school, I can remember we had anywhere from 60 to 75 channels to choose from. And still with all those channels, I could never find anything to watch. Anybody have that same issue? We now have like access to 757 channels, every single one of us and the internet, and we still can't find anything to watch. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. I think it might be us. Now, the major advancement that happened with the news at that time was the development of CNN, or a news outlet that was not just on three to four times a day for a couple of hours, but a station that was devoted to nothing but doing the news 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And where the power of CNN became apparent to me was during the first Gulf War, because that was the first time in the history of the world, when you think about it, 
where you didn't have to watch what was going on over there in short clips at 12, 5, and 10. No, now you could watch the war going on in real time. And the images that are seared in my brain from the countless hours I watched that war unfold, which was horrifying to me because it was the first time in my life we had faced any kind of war were the bombs exploding over Baghdad. The sirens going off in the background. They're always going off. The return fire, along with those crazy journalists running around on the ground reporting what was going on as it was going on. Then as a result of the success of CNN and that they actually figured out how to make a fortune just presenting the news, because before that, most major networks lost a whole lot of money on their news outlets. They just kind of took it. CNN figured out how they could make money. Then you had other major networks and companies starting their own 24-hour news wings, which was amazing at first because anytime you didn't like what was on one station, you could just turn over to the other and see what they had to see if it was better. But what then started to happen is that these news outlets started competing for viewership right? They started competing for advertising dollars among each other. Now, at this point for me, it was basically the same thing no matter where you went, right? It was basic facts, news, all that stuff given to you in a, in a kind of a coherent, coherence, not the right word, in a just, just basically just the facts, ma'am, way. So when they started competing, what happened is they figured out that bad news and scandal makes way more money than, than talking about the good things that are going on in the world. And so if they wanted us to watch, then they were going to need to step it up. Because the problem with, but the problem with reporting just bad news and scandal is that it's really, really hard to fill 24 hours a day, seven days a week with just facts about bad news. So they then, in an attempt to fill all that airtime in a way that kept us coming back for more, because we like to say to ourselves, we want to hear good news. But, but it shows across the board that if you show scandal and drama or if it bleeds, it leads. That's when we are going to turn in and that's how they make their money. So now on, on top of reporting facts, they added countless hours of commentary and opinion regarding those facts. And the more juicy and scandalous they could make it, the better. Then in my early 20s what I started to notice was a major shift that was taking place regarding how the news was being reported in that as I was becoming an adult and starting to make sense of the world myself, what I began to notice is how these news stations started taking sides. And that no longer was it just about reporting the news. No, each network picked a side, a perspective, and everything they reported on became about fighting for and defending that particular perspective. And in turn, what that did to me, really for the first time in my life, because I take great pride in looking into everyone's side before I make a decision, or I take great pride in being logical and getting to the bottom of things, is it caused me a whole lot of confusion and frustration because I didn't know who to trust. How many of you know that place? I think we've all experienced that place. So this is what I would do. Anytime something big was going on in the world, I would flip to one station and walk with them through their interpretation of logic of what was going on and why. And then I'd flip over to the other station and listen to how they were making sense of things. And what I found is that even though these news stations were talking about the same event at the exact same time, oftentimes their interpretations of those events was contradictory. With one station saying this and taking this side convinced that they had the corner market on the truth, while the other station took the opposite side convinced that they were right. 
And so back and forth I would go to try to get to the bottom, trying to get to the truth. But all I ever seemed to get was overwhelmed. So how many of you know this place too? Anybody? And then what made all of that exponentially worse as I got into my 20s and late 30s or early 30s is that's when the internet and all those devices started taking over the world. And I'm not against the internet. I think it's one of the most amazing things that has ever been invented. I mean, who doesn't love the fact that we can just look up what's going on in any place in the world at any time? Who doesn't love the fact that you can say, hey, Suri, and ask her a question, and she just answers it right there? I mean, it's absolutely amazing. But what has also happened as a result of this explosion of news information is now not only do we have direct access to any major event that is taking place in real time, but we now have access to every point of view on that event. Which for me, as someone who likes to have it all nailed down, it's basically caused my world to spin as out of control as I search for the truth in an endless ocean of information. I mean, who do we trust? Who's telling us the truth? Where do we turn? Or my experience of the news is kind of like this happening over and over again. Check this out. <laughs> so now that you know what's going on in that film, I want you to take a look at it again because the guy with the red board heading out, that's me, and I'm going out to surf all of that information, and this is what happens to me over and over again. So how many of you know that place, right? Doesn't that capture it so well? Man, it just hits it right on the head. Now, what experts tell us about this place, this experience, is it's information overload, the exposure to too much information and data. And as you all have probably experienced on a day-to-day -day basis, information overload is not just something that happens to us as we watch the news, although I think that's a great way to think about this problem. No, in our day and time, information overload seems to happen in every area of our lives. And that for any and all things we want to make a conscious choice about, like, like how to raise our kids or what medications to take or, or, or what car to buy, when we start doing the research, we don't just find one right way. No, what we find are hundreds, even thousands of voices screaming at us to pick this one or to choose that way. Or, or for me... It's like trying to get a drink of water from a fire hose. The result being for most of us is this, this feeling of being overwhelmed all the time. It's caused us to live in this constant state of anxiety and confusion and frustration and even a sense of hopelessness. Or how many of you know what it feels like to live with information overload? It's just a part of our culture. It's a, it's a part of the new world that we live in. Okay, so now that you get a sense what information overload is, I'd now like to share with you just a couple of ways to help you deal with this problem. Because by the way, this problem's not going anywhere. It's only going to get worse. So you need to have some tools to face this. So the first thing I would tell you to do is in response 
to the amount of information we have access to all of the time being too much for us to comprehend or even manage, right? We can't go through it all. As limited human beings, we have to make peace with the fact that we can never know it all. We can never see it from every angle. We can never read every source or have it all nailed down. No, what that means for us in the midst of all of that is all we can really do is the best we can with what we've got. All we can really do is the best we can with what we got. For example, when making decisions about life or anything else, sure, we need to take some time to look into some things. We need to get the best information we can. But then, while keeping in mind we can know it all, it's impossible to know it all, we have to make the best decision given what we know at that point and move on. Celebrating when we get it right, you know, saying to ourselves that we're brilliant, and then getting really, really good at learning from our mistakes. And yes, it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to get it wrong. We just don't want to stop with our mistakes. We don't want to be defined by our mistakes. We want to learn from them and get better. Or really, when you think about it, when you take a step back, given that we're not God and can't know everything, all we are ever doing as human beings is the best we can with what we've got. And if you'll keep that in your mind, you can relax a little bit when it comes to information overload. And another thing I think we need to keep in mind is all anybody is ever doing in this life is the best they can with what they've got. So maybe we should cut some people some slack, huh? Huh? Yes? Hello? Hello? Yeah. (laughs) Now, the most powerful way to deal with information overload that I've ever found It comes from a simple scripture that you guys probably have memorized, and it says this. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. And what this verse teaches us is we need to get a whole lot better at just shutting the information off. Or or if information overload is trying to surf a big wave, we need to learn how to just stay on the beach. Or or if information overload is like trying to drink from a fire hydrant, then we need to get really good at turning off the water. Which, by the way, is as simple as this. I want you guys to watch this. Our phones are usually attached to us at all time, and they're usually on, and we're staring at these screens. All you have to do to shut that information off is to click this little button on the side, right? And then you set it down, and you walk away. Isn't that amazing, right? And then, for those of you who have TVs at home, and I assume most of you do, All you have to do to turn those things off is this. There's a power button right at the top. Or for anything that you are connected to, all you have to do is turn the power button off and walk away. And then instead of going back for more, because let's be honest, we're addicted to this stuff. It's about finding a quiet place and turning our attention towards God. Because as the story of Elijah makes very, very clear, oftentimes it it is in the silence, not the noise where God seems to show up and speak, or where we find clarity. Or to help you see this, let me read to you a part of Elijah's encounter with God, because I think it puts it all into perspective. God said this to Elijah. He said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Now there was a great wind so strong that it was splitting the mountains and breaking the rocks to pieces before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of sheer silence. The sound of this. 
And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Then there came a voice to him that said, what are you doing here, Elijah? Or notice, God didn't show up in the wind. Because if God showed up in the wind, we in Kansas would have the market on God. (laughs) Neither did God show up in the earthquake or the fire. No. Where God showed up to speak to Elijah and where I think we'll also find God speaking in our lives was in the sound of this. Or what I've experienced on many occasions is if we'll actually take some time to be still and know God. Or if we will unplug from all those things that we are so addicted to these days and take a moment just to sit in sheer silence. That's the place where we're not only going to find some relief from all of that information overload that, that, that it's just constantly bombarding us, but it's also the place where we're going to find God speaking the loudest. Or I believe that God is actually trying to speak and guide to us all the time through his Holy Spirit living inside of us. And the reason we miss it is because we've got everything else in our lives turned up so high. So what if we actually took some time to be still and know that God is God? Okay, so, so now may you come to know when dealing with this overwhelmness, which again, is only going to get worse, May you come to know that if you want to get relief, you need to make peace with the fact that all you can ever do is the best you can with what you got. That's what it means to be human. And then that being still and knowing God really is, it really is as simple as this. Let us pray. Father, there's no doubt we live in a world where noise is constant. We live in a world where we hear things from so many different sides that it it just kind of turns our world upside down and inside out. We live in a world where we're just plugged into this stuff all of the time. So help us to understand, O Lord, when dealing with this overwhelming situation that all we can ever do is the best we can with what we've got. And that's all everybody else is doing. And that really all it takes to get away from that information is to push a power button and walk away. Or help us, Lord, not just to know these things, but to practice them on a day-to-day basis so that when we're seeking you and we're devoting ourselves to living in you, We actually take the time to turn the noise off so we can hear you speaking because that's what we really need. Lord, it's in your name and for our sake that we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon, and we hope you are able to join us next week. To learn more about FCC Great Bend, visit us online at firstchristianchurchgb.com. Again, that's firstchristianchurchgb.com. God bless and have a great week.